0: Hello and welcome to the Hawks Nest live stream show. I've got a very special guest and a special show today as we are welcoming in David Harrison of Locked On Commanders and uh, covers a couple other different elements as well outside of that. But he has been so kind to step on in the house today and join us up here on the Nest to help uh, break down and preview this upcoming matchup against the Commanders. David, thank you for coming on down in here. I appreciate you doing that. How is your day going?
1: Oh, you know, I'm always always happy to to help out, Brandon, when I can, and I appreciate the invite. Yeah, I can't complain. You know, there's a lot going on, but when you when your job is is sports, it's it's hard to have a bad day. So
0: that's true. That's the old the axiom I always use is if you uh, you find something you love, you don't have to work another day. You work a lot still, but you don't you don't necessarily yeah. feel like you're working. <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, I know we've got you for a very short period of time, so let's let's just dive into the meat of this a little bit. I the burning question. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the matchup is going to be one thing I want to get into with this, but the burning question from a lot of Hawk fans is going to be, where are you, where are the fan base at after this trade deadline deals that you made moving on from uh, both first round pick, two first round picks, including Chase Young Mm -hmm. and Montez Sweat and kind of a signaling to it would seem from the outside looking in.
1: Yeah, I think from the outside looking in, a lot of people look at this as the Washington Commanders kind of waving the white flag on the season and kind of saying, "Okay, let's see what we can do for 2024 and and who we're going to keep and who we're not going to keep. But, uh, you know, inside the building, I can tell you that's further. That couldn't be further from the truth. Like the locker room, uh, you know, even even the first day we're in there after. Uh, you know, after the trades go down, you know the trades happen on Tuesday. They're going through walkthroughs uh, when some of this stuff goes down, and then Wednesday, uh, you know, we're in there for practice, and we're all up in their business in the locker room and everything. And I can say it was it was the same environment uh, that you that we that I've always seen. You know, and that's not to say that these guys don't love Chase, love Montez, and and wish them well, and and understand kind of the weights of of what is happening around them. But you know, it, it's a very tight group in that locker room. They're they're a group that. Uh, kind of just wants to rely on each other they don't like people blaming coaches they don't like people blaming scandals or rumors or any of this other stuff on what's going on in the football field they're they're a group that is very much about they handle what happens on the football field everything else is everything else but they handle what happens on the football field so when it's good it's because they did a good job when it's bad it's because they did a bad job uh, and that's really the, the the mantra of it so you know commanders fans are kind of split you know some of them I think I think with Montez Sweat, a lot of people understand that you know a second round pick. Uh, when you look back on it, he was drafted 19th overall. Uh, in the first round when he was selected this second round pick from the chicago bears factors to be maybe in the top 35 certainly most likely in the top 40. so you're talking about a 12 pick or so 12 15 pick or so depreciation uh five years after the fact i mean that's you you couldn't sell a house or a car Uh, well maybe a house real estate's pretty good but you couldn't sell a car for that type of depreciation value you know what i mean and as much as you love montez sweat you know with with so much money already dedicated to the defense and the defense is one of the worst in the league can you really justify dumping even more money into it next off season by re-signing a guy like Montez? Um, you know, so you kind of see and understand what that, where that comes from. The real tension, I suppose, following these trades involves chase young. Uh, There's a lot of, a lot of fans who believe, you know, second round, first round pick should have been, should have been gotten for chase young. Uh, I think most people in the media understand that third round was, was pretty much where you were going with that. Um, I dropped a, a quick, a quick YouTube short after the Montez Sweat trade, and I mentioned that Chase Young was still being uh, discussed, and that if Montez Sweat went for a second, Chase Young is probably going to go for a third. I got very mixed reactions from that video, um, but you know, ultimately, you know, the outside perception is what the outside perception is, but the inside perception is what the inside perception is, and, and this is just one of those cases where the inside perception uh, obviously was a little bit more on par with uh, what the actual perception is because, you know, not only was a third round pick, but it was a third round special compensatory pick. So it's going to be a pick in the nineties after all the organic picks that happened in the third round. And the commanders certainly are not going to do the Niners any favors. It means they didn't have any better offers, which means that they had any other offers for chase young, most likely they were fourth round picks. Uh, So, you know, that's, that's how the NFL views them. And, you know, the, the beat surrounding the commanders, I think everybody understood that and, and, and why, and that's uh, you know, that's how it went down. So like it, love it or hate it. It is what it is. Washington commanders got to win against the New England Patriots. Um, nobody's gonna give you a trophy for that. You know, this this time, of, this time of uh, Bill Belichick's career. Uh, and they've got a very tough matchup with the Seattle Seahawks coming up. And, and that's what it's it's all about.
0: Absolutely. Um, it was a little weird too, though, you, with you getting this win this last week and looking at your schedule. Is it is look little on the again just outside looking in that it does seem like a signal. I think you still have a very good team, so I don't want to make it seem like this isn't going to be in uh, a very difficult matchup for our Hawks. at every bit will. I don't. I'm not just saying we're gonna walk through, but it just seemed also like you know you guys were playing pretty good overall. You know, yeah, you're still kind of finding your footing with a young quarterback there, but it seemed a signal too of like we're not as all in this year. It is a move for the long term. And that did kind of have people go. let I me mean, scratch my head, and especially after you get this win against the Patriots um, on the road. Nonetheless, I mean, I know it's not a tough Patriots team, but I think still going out there on the road is not easy in that environment.
1: Yeah, no, and, and it's a fair, it's a fair look at it. I will tell you this: I think from from the ownership standpoint, it's it's a move for both. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's it's a move. You know, again, uh, you know, you're not going to invest a whole lot more money into the defense than you already have. You're not going to invest a whole lot more draft capital in the defense than you already have because of the performance you're getting uh, from that defense and if you're not going to do that what better way to start switching your investment plan right i mean you talk about portfolio portfolios in the business world all the time what better way than to get resources now get assets now you don't want assets down the road you know you don't want two third round picks potentially in 2025 when you can get a second round and third round pick in 2024.
0: it makes a complete amount of sense might be different if the defense was playing more top line than bob the line um, and we're in that place too. We've got a lot of investments in our defense and it's kind of got some ups and downs with it where you're going a little bit more. We'd love to get out of this. Let's get into this matchup, uh, coming up here with your uh, team coming into town. And I guess the place, to a good place to start here would be to get a, an idea of Sam, Howe, a guy that, you know, two yeah. years before he's coming out, he's looked at as a guy that might be a first round pick and then you know, loses a lot of NFL talent there in his final year. And then it's kind of having a new offense and kind of having to play like almost Tim Tebow ish kind of offense at that time at the end. And he's come to Washington. Um, And he's he's shown some spots. He's shown some for being a fifth round pick quarterback that nobody would have a lot of uh, outside the Tom Brady. I new Brady. uh, He has shown a little bit of um, something, has he not?
1: No, he's shown a lot. You know what I mean? And I think it starts with leadership. Sam Howell is a guy that, uh, you know, one of of my one of the best stories I can tell to kind of illustrate uh, Sam Howell's consistency and his personality is, uh, you know, last year as a as a third string fifth round rookie. Uh, not a lot of guys surrounding your locker, you know what I mean, when you're, when you're in that situation. So fortunately for me, uh, I got to I got to get to know Sam Howell a little bit with uh, with a little bit more access and a little bit more availability than than most quarterbacks have. And, you know, what was interesting to me is, you know, he comes in and starts off as his fifth round rookie, third round draft pick uh, and all these things. And and then eventually he's elevated it to the second string quarterback because of Carson Wentz's injury and Taylor Heineke's rise in the middle of the 2022 season, and Sam's the same dude. He's he's not any different, even though he's one snap away from being on the field, and and now he's wearing pads instead of hoodies uh, and all this stuff. And that by itself isn't all that impressive. But then we get to week 18, and Taylor Heineke steps aside and says, no, Sam Howell needs to start the entire game. He needs to be the guy. I'll be the backup. And uh, honestly, I kind of came into that week expecting a different version of Sam Howell than I had gotten to know the other 17 weeks of the regular season, but I didn't. Um, in fact, I was actually going to leave him alone. I was actually going to say, you know what? He's got a lot on his plate. Let me not bother him. with. We would just have random conversations about some of the random things uh, in the world. Nothing that's interesting to sports fans. And I said, you know what? I'm going to leave him alone this week. Like He's going to be the starter. It's his first NFL start. I'm going to let him leave him be. And he actually comes up to me in the locker room and says, hey, dude, what's up? And we start talking like we always do. And, and in that moment, I kind of said, this dude really is not any different depending on the temperature of the water. Like He is the same guy no matter what is going on. Talk to him after the game, same thing. All offseason, he's QB1. That's the talk of the town. Come into training camp, he's the same dude. He's the same dude after they start 2-0 and with wins over the Cardinals and the Broncos. He's the same dude after they get blown out by the Buffalo Bills. And to some extent, some people would rather he not be the same dude after you get blown out by the Buffalo Bills. But again, it illustrates just how consistent he really is. Uh, talk to wide receiver Deami Brown after that Bills game specifically. I said, you know, have you seen any difference in Sam? And he said, no, nah, man, Sam Howell is Sam. He's the same dude I met the first day we were in Carolina together. He's the same dude now. And he said, you know what, if he's ever a different dude, I might actually panic because that's something I've never seen before. And that alone has allowed him to really withstand all the sacks, uh, the four interceptions against Buffalo, the lo- the losses, the close the close losses that could have been wins, all the ups and downs that come with being an NFL quarterback. Uh, it's really helped him kind of swallow everything in doses And he's really good at kind of letting whatever happened, good or positive or good or bad, uh, fall off his back and just move on to the next task. And uh, I think that's really what's helped him kind of accelerate a little bit of his learning in the NFL.
0: You have your quarterback of the future. Then
1: there's does
0: that also that's the feeling also I'm getting from you on this is that you get if you feel firmly this is our guy. We're not going to need to package picks and move up into drafts. This is our guy.
1: Yeah, potentially. You know what I mean? There's a lot of football left. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you hope for the for the young man that that's certainly what the future is for him. Um, I don't expect it to change. You know what I mean? But there's still a lot of football left. We'll see what happens with the rest of the season. But as of right now and the 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 impressive thing, uh, I was actually just finishing up my, my film study from the Patriots game. Um, there's a lot of growth just in from week eight to week nine. There's a lot of growth. That you can spot on the tape uh with sam howell and that's impressive because that's something there are parts of his game that have always been there the arm talent has always been there the ability uh to kind of you know bounce from one rep to another has always been there but some of the things that we've been wanting to see this season that we hadn't necessarily seen in the first five or six weeks was his pre-snap reads uh, and his ability to get through his progressions in a timely fashion to not take those sacks and not take some of those hits uh and there's actually one play i diagrammed that i'm going to put on my my own show uh here this evening where Sam Howell comes up against a five-man front against the New England Patriots defense on the right side of his offense. It looks like they might be having a blitz off that right side, so you kind of see him check over there, look over there. As soon as the ball is snapped, he looks at that right side defender. The right side defender falls off and into coverage, and you can kind of see if that defender comes on a blitz. He's got Terry McLaurin running on an in break and stop route right behind where that blitz would be coming, so you know that's where Sam's Going to go with that ball because that blitz doesn't come he doesn't start bouncing his his progression he immediately shifts all the way to the left side seam spots the linebacker in the middle of the field and delivers the 19 yard seam route to deami brown all of this happens within 10 steps of deami brown coming off the line of scrimmage that is professional football awareness pre-snap recognition and ability to read a defense and execute in real time that's something we hadn't seen before week seven So that's something that is fairly new and is incredibly exciting, especially going after or going up against Bill Belichick defense.
0: Yeah, it can make you feel so much better about his growth and maturation because these are steps you'd expect to be taken with a guy into year two, three. It's tough to ask a rookie to pick up some of those little nuances within it. And I'll tell you, even veterans, my Geno, Geno Smith here with the Ravens last week, the Ravens, yes, brought their share of blitzes, but did a lot of those stacked fronts or guys looking like they're coming up here at the line of scrimmage and tricking him. To really feeling like post nap oh yeah they are certainly definitely coming but they're not then they drop into coverage and then he kind of have that malfunction moment like you talked about instead of malfunctioning there with how he goes right to that next row. okay not coming i've got then what i go to on my item number two but gino would get kind of like you know stuck here on it so uh that's a great skill for him to be picking up in a year or two and showing already off in that one it's one thing to pick up the blitz it's another thing to pick up okay i thought the blitz was coming okay i got surprised by it now how do you react He's got a good skill, full skill set, too, as well, right? I mean, this guy's arm, and he can move, and he's got mobility within the pocket. I mean, it's not a fifth-round Brock Purdy type here where you're going, like you said, the arm strength. It's not powder puff arm. It's guy can go out there, and he can make every NFL throw.
1: Yeah, and it's it's interesting talking to Sam. Uh, I asked him a little bit about, you know, uh, the draft the draft uh, advisory board when he was coming out of North Carolina and kind of what they had told him. And, and, you know, he he had been told. He told me that he had been told, you know, day two, somewhere in day two, so second round, third round by the draft advisory board um and that you know that that's early in the process that's like senior bowl time fr- time frame before the scouting combine all that stuff and as the offseason progressed he didn't tell me exactly which teams i didn't really pry but he said that pretty much every team that he and his camp kind of said okay this is a team that could be aiming for me picked up a veteran right And if you go back to that offseason you're looking at like the Denver Broncos Russell Wilson the Washington Commanders and Carson Wentz um so if you if you look at kind of all the teams that picked up quarterbacks like these are teams that potentially could have been drafting sam how on day two of the nfl draft now day three comes around and the commanders you know they get to that first pick of the fifth round and, and ron Rivera called carson and said look dude we love you we want you but we got to make this pick like it's nothing about you but we can't believe this dude is still here so we got to pull the trigger on this and i talked to several scouts during the senior bowl process the scouting combine process um it's about multiple players but i do remember sam Howell specifically being a guy that not a single scout i talked to uh, told me that this dude was going to leave day two of the NFL draft without a team. Um, and, and one of these scouts is the same scout that just this last year was the first one to tell me that Anthony Richardson was a top 10 pick. And at that time, Anthony Richardson was not considered a top 10 pick. So he was the first guy that ever said that to me. And I was like, hold up, buddy. Now his team ended up getting a different quarterback. I'll leave it at that. Um, but they're very happy with the guy that they got, I think. So, you know, the, 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 again, kind of the in- internal perception of a guy and the external perception of a guy, like, the NFL, by and large, did not view Sam Howe as a fifth-round quarterback, but the way that the chips fell, it just kind of was a perfect storm against Sam, unfortunately, in, in that case, for him to become a fifth-round quarterback. But, you know, when all was said and done, he said he loves the opportunity he's got here. Um, he he loves the team that he's got here, and he couldn't have asked for a better situation because um, you look around the league some of the other guys that got drafted ahead of him, and they're not all in situations as advantageous as the one that he's in, um, so he couldn't be happier with how it went down.
0: Yeah, he's. uh, That was just a a lack of imagination. The the new coach in his final year, all those playmakers leaving. It was very strange um, that nobody could kind of, especially in that draft where those quarterbacks weren't exactly lightning in a bottle, right? I mean, the Blake his Ritters. It was you could kind of look at that in the onset and go, oof. Uh, Looking at the offense as a whole here, Washington, you you present some problems. You've got a, a multi two different backs you can go upon. You've got a line that seems like they're blocking over well pretty well this year different types of playmakers out there. Um, and McLaurin, one of my more favorite receivers in the league that's very unheralded, I think, hasn't really ever had a great quarterback. You wonder what happens when that guy gets his you know, quarterback yeah. in his prime, one of the top five, what he might be able to get done. Give us a little bit of an idea, if you could, for us on that offense.
1: Yeah, very pass-heavy. Um, I actually just went through the scripts uh, for the Patriots game, 15 plays, 10 passes, five runs. Uh, but the, the thing about the passing attack is that it's going to be very layered. gonna have short options intermediate options deep options and sam being the quarterback that he is he's learning how to take the check down still a little bit um so he's gonna he's gonna prefer the deep shot but he is getting better at taking the short stuff and that kind of you know that 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 can frustrate a defense you know because if he catches you allowing the underneath stuff that makes you want to climb and then he tries to hit you with the, with the deep ball, and he's got the arm to do it uh, all day long. But then if you're staying deep to, to prevent the big shot, then he just dings and ducks you to death. And, you know, it's a 1,000 paper cuts and all this other stuff. And that can be frustrating for def- defensive players, especially young ones like Devin Witherspoon, who likes to be super aggressive and be a playmaker. Tariq, uh, Tariq Woolen, who was one of my favorite players that year in the Senior Bowl, I wanted either team that I cover to draft that dude, and they didn't do it. So I'm glad you guys got him in Seattle, though. Uh, that's a great story. And, and I, got a, I got a couple of friends up there that cover the Seahawks. And I'm super happy that they get to – Uh, to cover that story but you know uh sam is is gonna take those shots you know that's gonna happen my concern um is that this is a this is a different secondary you know what i mean this is this is a different breed of secondary than he's taking some of these other shots against and and devin witherspoon would love nothing more than to take a ball and show it to Quan Martin, his Illinois teammate, that's on the Commander <laughs> sideline. Hey, like, hey, look what I got from your quarterback. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that's going to be a fun part of this matchup. And you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be one of those games. Last week was all about the pre-snap reads and the play recognition. This week, it's going to test Sam's bravery. You know what I mean? Like, you want to be yeah. brave. You want to you want to trust your guys, but at the same time, you got to be smart because the secondary will make you pay for a mistake quick. Uh, and that then that to me is is going to be the biggest part of this matchup this weekend.
0: Yeah. And as well, uh, don't forget the predilection of Coach Carroll's defenses is to, t- to sometimes slide more into those safer coverages. Uh, they've been a little bit better about that this year, but our, of course we like to. And if you guys stick to that, as you said, just your point on this, how staying in that pocket, taking the the paper cuts, because we will sometimes give that to you and in, in anticipating eventually the young kid's going to try to take his shot. I mean, he's eventually yeah. the gunslinger is going to want to take out his gun. Um, yeah. Well, let's uh, flip over, if we could, to the defense. I know you've got a, a short amount of time, and I've got a couple quick donations at the end. I just want to cover real quick. They have some fast questions. Defensively now, are the edges soft, or Do you have some good backups in place for Montez and Chase, guys that are ready, waiting in the wings?
1: Yeah, so James Smith-Williams and Casey 2 Hillary, are new, your new defensive ends for the Washington Commanders. And and you know these guys aren't exactly green. You know what I mean? They've got experience. James Smith-Williams specifically, he was the guy that, when Chase Young was out with his injury and his surgeries, uh, and all that stuff. James Smith Williams was the primary guy getting the starts for the Washington Commanders, opposite of Montez Sweat. Casey Twohill was the primary rotation guy. So both of these guys know, you know, what they're doing. They know the defense. They know how to execute uh, within it. I think you are going to lose a little bit of punch. You know, uh, last week against the New England Patriots, they didn't sack Mac Jones even one time. Uh, they did technically get one from rookie KJ Henry. was called back on a BS penalty, but that's okay. Um, you know, pressures weren't there consistently, and all those things. You do have to worry about that with a guy like Geno Smith especially with these receivers against a secondary that's giving up a lot of explosive plays. Um, you know, you do want more pressure there. So we'll see what it what it looks like in week two. Um, I think that what you're, what, you're, what you're looking for from Washington is cleaner defensive line play versus the explosiveness. So, you know, with Montez and Chase, you might get four sacks uh, over the span of a couple of weeks, but you're also going to get four to five blown pockets and, and weak edges and, and blown edges. Uh, with Casey Toole and James Smith-Williams, you're going to get better edge security, but you're not going to get as many sacks. And the hope is that that's going to translate to uh, a better containment defense and then taking advantage of opportunities when they arise.
0: And the, and a secondary rounding in a shape, as you said, Martin, that's, that's Syracuse secondary, or that Illinois secondary was, oh my goodness, yeah. all those guys are, yeah. are ballers. You guys got a secondary coming back. Your rookie out there, um, I know he's only about 150 pounds soaking wet out there at the Senior Bowl, but he's <laughs> he's had some moments. And then you've got Benjamin St. Just, who's really rounded into a seemingly a pretty solid corner as well.
1: Yeah, they've got decent talent, you know what I mean. But they have given up a lot of explosive passes this season, and that's that's their Achilles' heel. You know, they play single high, and and the, the single high safety doesn't doesn't say high sometimes, you know, and and they'll bite on a couple a couple of, of double moves here and there. Uh, you know, if Emmanuel Forbes is on the field, if you're the Seattle Seahawks and you're watching that Eagles tape, you're going to want to get D.K. Metcalf uh, lined up against him because D.K. Metcalf is your version of A.J. Brown. And after what A.J. Brown did to that young guy, you're going to want to see D.K. get on him. But then you're also going to want to get your speed uh, from either of your other two top receivers or our, our, uh, top three receivers against guys like Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, who is longer, and more physical, but he's not as agile and as quick uh, as those two receivers are, certainly. And then, of course, anytime you can get matched up against linebacker Jamin Davis you're going to want to take advantage of that as well.
0: So middle stay, stay, stay in out on the outside, stay away from the middle of the defense and, and uh, we should be okay. Or, you know, and then try to maybe run some sluggos, a couple of sluggos in there uh, really quickly. I know we uh, we got to have you sign off here in just a second, just quick uh, donations. If we could A few more Seahawks, good luck on Sunday. But if I were you, I would be scared. We are best coming off a loss and got embarrassed. So I bet our team is pissed. But Good luck. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> indeed i think it's going to be a fight but i think you guys showed this last week you're not ready to just roll over at this point point. and i think you got a good a very looking at the team you yeah, and you got a good solid team still with what you're putting bringing to play here uh megan nesta with a five dollar donation says beware the wounded seahawks at lumen commanders she's saying beware man you gotta look out yeah
1: yeah that's a tough venue man i've been there i've been there before it's a tough venue and and look i mean, I mean i'll be honest with you like on paper the seahawks just win this thing That's that's pretty much the bottom line. I've told some of my listeners in my audience that uh, unless I can see the commanders offense putting 25 points on the board against the defense with a with a whole lot of confidence, I'm probably not going to pick the commanders to win too many games this year until the defense starts to show up uh, a little bit better. I don't know that this team can put up 25 points against the Seahawks defense, especially with the way the secondary has been playing and that offense. uh, I would I would be very surprised to find this offense not putting up uh, 20 or so points against the commanders defense this weekend.
0: So give me a uh give me a final score and I got a quebble last quickly. yes or no, I just want to know from you on. Uh give me the yeah. final score, then with that.
1: I don't have a final score prediction yet, but if I if you know, gun to my head, ah, 26, 20 26, 20. Is, uh 26-20 Seahawks. 26-20. Is
0: Ron Rivera gonna be a head coach next year of the Washington Commanders? Right now, no. Did Chase Young take plays off? Yes. Has Eric Bieniemy been a net help to the team offensively? Hmm. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks, uh, I want to thank you, David, for coming on in here. He's running twenty-four-seven in season. He's got multiple seasons now. I have basketball going, so you're you're probably cooking on a couple different end, ends of that candle. I want you to do me a favor, though, Hawk fans. Go show David the love for me. Do it as we do here. You guys know how we do. It's down in the description link of the section in this video below. You can go find it, which is a link to his channel. There, locked on Commanders. Click down there, get subbed up to his channel. Show him that love over there. He's coming over here on the nest. He's been kind enough to give us our time over here. I really appreciate you doing that, man, David, uh, so very much. Um, I look forward to this matchup. It's going to be a two teams that I think are willing to be physical and go out and give you a little bit of some shades of old school football in this modern finesse age, which is always nice to see. And uh, I think it's going to, I do think it's going to be close, man. I'll do. i I'll probably end up relying on where I think I'll give us the edge on this too, but I do think it's going to be just... The nature of this, I think you're going to have a very of Just be patient. Just be patient. Dink, just take the dink and dunk, take the dink and dunk kid. They'll give it to you all day if you stand. And I think he'll, he'll, he will. So, uh, you guys have got a bright future, man. Tough year this year so far, but I think your future is bright and, um, We'll see what they do with Rivera. That's the interest one. He hasn't gotten his quarterback. I don't know how you can fire the guy when he hasn't gotten his quarterback, man. You know,
1: he's not uh, a bad coach. That's a layered conversation. That's I know. Really I fun. know.
0: I know. And the defense is not his deal. Uh, Sanchez says put lock in. I don't think we will see him quite yet this week, Sanchez, but thank you for the David, thank you for. Lock uh, is
1: my guy. I'm a fan. We've got
0: well, and it's growing now. It's it's a big <laughs> argument in our base of what's is chicken or the egg? Is it the offensive form? Is yeah. the pass protection? Is the quarterback? You know, you've been down this road when you you have a quarterback's going through the yeah. shuffle. It's hard to determine who's the you know who's the villain. You know, it's always the, the singular. So, but Lock's getting a lot of love right now. A lot of people are saying yeah. Lock, Lock, Lock. The chants are growing louder. Uh, thank you, man, uh, for uh, jumping on in here again today. I really do appreciate you for doing so. And uh, I'd love to do it again. We often play you guys, it seems like, about every two years, not just every yeah. three, four. We always end up coming together. So if uh, maybe down the road, I can uh, reach out to you again on this. I'd love to do that.
1: Yeah, man. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. It was fun.
0: Well, you have yourself uh, good best of luck. Not the best of luck. Have some luck Sunday, but not all the way. Good luck. <laughs> Uh, but then after this season, have some great luck. And, uh, I do hope Hal's the guy for you. That'd be a great story there for a kid. That's, uh, he's got the tools, man. Just now that he's old, the rest of it come together. All right. Well, thank you for watching Hawk fans. We will be back later on tonight with another show, but until that time, please don't you ever forget go Hawks.